0: I had a luxury car. I'll never forget it. It was a British Racing Green ger- uh, Jaguar. It was a gorgeous car. I loved oh, man. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was like first thing he said to me. He wanted to see how serious I was about this. He says, "Well, if we do this, you know, you're gonna have to get rid of the car." And I said, "Well, let's get rid of it on Saturday."
1: Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I am your host, Travis Britton, Head of Content at Buzzsprout, and you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the host of All Things Creative, Linda Riesenberg Fissler. And what's really cool about Linda's story is that she's been podcasting for more than six years. And halfway through that process, about three years in, she decided to change the focus of her podcast. And the conversation was not so much about the strategies of how to successfully rebrand, but it more leaned into why it's so important for you as the podcaster, to be the primary stakeholder and the, the person that decides the creative trajectory of your podcast, not feeling like you're a slave to what you've done in the past and not feeling stuck in that you can't make changes along the way. And also really appreciate Linda's courage in leaving her corporate nine-to-five job to pursue a creative lifestyle of which podcasting has become a large part and something that I think a lot of us think about and have dreams and aspirations about But Linda pulled the trigger, and I think what she shares and the things that she did to adjust her standard of living to make that possible are things that we can all take away and incorporate in our own lives if that's something that you are looking to do. Now, when many people start a podcast, they're hoping that they can find a large audience quickly. Well, when Linda first started her podcast, she had no idea how quickly it would take off.
0: So um, I was working with a master artist out in... Uh, Taos. And we were we built a website and was trying to figure out how we could get more people interested in what we were doing with that particular site. And there was a part of me that um, while I was being mentored by this master artist, there was a part of me that was wondering if everybody painted like him, if if everybody's ideas were like his. Uh, So I just basically brought it up in one of our meetings and said, you know, it would be fun because I'm not the only person out here that wants to learn about this stuff. Um, It would be fun to hear from other artists uh, about, you know, painting concepts and the techniques and things like that. So we started out with like a 30 minute um, show uh, thinking that it wouldn't be that popular (laughs) and then um, found out that there actually was a a whole audience of artists out there who wanted to listen to other artists talk about their process and talk about their techniques. So uh, it started out just as a, an experiment really and then grew like crazy. And um, the next thing I know, I would like, walk into a workshop or something like that. And I'd hear this, Oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> You're the one that talks about all these artists and, and all that. So I was like some kind of rock star and didn't even know it at that point. But um, back in 2012, it was really very s- small. Um, as far as I guess the podcast reach I had, I didn't realize that it was as big as it was, and just kind of set, stumbled upon it, really. And then I've been doing it ever since. And Kind of experimenting with it in different ways and and things like that. So, yeah. But I've been with Buzzsprout for since two tw- or twenty twelve. Yeah. So.
1: Well, awesome. Well, we're glad glad that we've been good enough to you that you stuck around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been very helpful, and it, all of the the d- options that you've come up with over the years of sound bites and the different things like that. I've tried all those different things to to get to get a bigger reach, and it's it's been interesting. It's been fun.
1: Now, tell me a little bit about uh when you first started the podcast like how you promoted it or how you told people about it cuz 2012 podcasting was still really in its infancy and so i so i imagine many of the conversations you had was hey if you're interested in this stuff like we have a podcast you can listen to it and i imagine many of the responses were what's a podcast is that true
0: um yeah kind of it, it was um how we started i guess how we garnered the the audience or, or tried to find the audience was the master artists that I worked with uh were had a major following basically from email. Um, so what we did was uh had folks sign up at our website with an email and then I would send them the link. We we do this basically all on demand um now, very much on demand. Back then it was very much on demand. And basically, once they figured out that all they had to do was click that link, everything went well, which again, it was we sent them to the Buzzsprout League. And so it was very easy. You know, they just hit the MP3 player and and started listening. And yeah, they were just like, I think this is so great that these people come into my living room. And you know, I could sit here and listen to them talk. So yeah, it kind of blew them away, (laughs) originally. And I, and with me being new to it, actually, um, I don't know. I don't know, Travis, if you want me to mention a competitor or not. But I was on a different uh, platform. That's all right. Okay, and um, that that platform's still out there, actually. But it was one of these things where they wanted to insert ads, and one of the things that I have always, probably stupidly done, was not incorporate ads into the talk and the reason why I don't do that is because I don't pay my guests okay so the artists that I'm talking to are being very very generous so it's not a money-making thing for me it's offered as free and um it's just a sharing of knowledge and that's all I wanted to do And, and one of my other reasons for doing it was when I think back to past artists or past writers um wouldn't it have been cool if somebody sat down with Claude Monet or Renoir or pick your favorite artist and just had an hour conversation about painting? And so I just wanted kind of like a historical record of artists today talking about their work and talking about their philosophies. So that's why I did it. And that's why I just started doing the very, I guess you could say, unselfish reason so um, when this other competitor decided that they wanted to start inserting ads for cars in the middle of my chat, chats, I said, this isn't going to work. So <laughs> got to find some other way of doing it. So that's when I, I basically took it off of that platform, created my own platform, if you will, by using a um, GoToMeeting, and then just uploaded it, found Buzzsprout, uploaded to Buzzsprout, and it's been perfect, a wonderful relationship <laughs> ever since. So...
1: Yeah, that, there's nothing more jarring than, than listening to an interview and being, like, really into it, and then all of a sudden you hear a Geico commercial right. or, you know, audible.com or something like that.
0: Right, and, and, you know, the weird thing was is I didn't realize that the competitor was doing this. So all of a sudden I started getting all of this email from everybody saying, what's up with this commercial? And I was like, what commercial? You know, and then I had to go back and naturally listen to it. And I was like, oh, that's really annoying and didn't like it at all. So um, yeah, so it was it was time to find a new home. <laughs> so.
1: so I want to dig a little bit deeper into what exactly you talk about or when you started the podcast, kind of your focus there with teaching painting techniques and art techniques and interviewing other painters to learn from them how they kind of their process. Because like you said, you know, you weren't expecting this to be this, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of people listening. Uh, cause it's, it's very specific to a very, very specific niche of people. But I imagine because you were so specific, that made it that much more impactful in the community that you were a part of.
0: Right. Yeah. Th- actually, I wasn't the only one um, podcasting with to and talking with artists at that time, there was another very successful show um still is very successful, but they they focus more on marketing where I focus more on art skills and it's really kind of interesting because the conversation that I always get into with artists is how do you talk about art skills and how to do something in a non visual setting and it's 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 interesting from the standpoint of you have to know. The right questions to ask, and you have to know a little bit about the process to understand what the person's talking about. So yes, it is very niche. I mean, you have to be an artist, you have to be a creative person. Um, the interesting thing that I've found over the last you know, couple years is that the creative process is very similar whether you're writing or painting. So now we're kind of exploring that creative process and. I'm trying to encourage some of the artists that are listening to kind of go outside their box a little bit and say, you know, try something else. If something's always interested, you, pick up the guitar or – because I've had musicians on the on the program and we've talked creative process and um, I've had um, writers on there as well. And, it, you know, you always have this foundation part and then you go into kind of the part where it really looks ugly <laughs> and then you go back to this – uh, other part, that's basically the finishing touches and, and you start to really pull everything together. So there's always a bit of imagination and always a bit of in, intuitiveness that comes into it. But the interesting thing that, that we found was that artists are are, if they're very confident in their process, artists are very good at talking about what they're creating in ways that a visual person listening can envision. So... It's not as far-fetched as you think. I've had a number of artists who are very um, unsure about talking about it, and I've spent hours and hours on the phone before we have our meeting online, and talk them through it. And it's amazing because once I ask them that one question, they spend an hour telling me. And I said, "Well, that's all you have to do." And it's like, "Oh, okay." You know, I didn't think it was that easy. And it it's, it sounds like it's not easy, but it is easy. Um, and like you said, it's very niche. Somebody who's not interested in in painting probably wouldn't find the podcast very interesting.
1: Right, but then people that are into painting, they're like, "This is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I'm looking for."
0: Exactly. I mean, I had i've <laughs> I have one person um, on the show, uh, an artist by the name of Sherry McGraw, um, who's very well known. Uh, for her painting as well as her drawing and I had her talk about drawing and I think I've gotten over 26,000 listens on that particular episode so and and always hear about how people who are struggling with drawing find that a very interesting and very helpful podcast so I know there's been people who have listened to it more than once um, and I'm sure that's probably true for most of the podcasts that are out there.
1: No that is that is really cool and and I love that you've been able to kind of create this niche around something that you're passionate about and something that's resonates with your community. Like I just love that about podcasting. You don't have to have this bland appeals to everyone, you know, CBS show. You you can literally do whatever you want and 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 really feed your passion and invest and serve the people that are in your community uh in your creative community for instance.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's um it's and it's very rewarding too. Like I said it, it's You kind of sit, and you know this, you sit in your studio and you you do your little podcast and you think that you you know people are listening because thanks to the the stats that are provided, you know people are listening, which is very encouraging. But you really don't know these people. You know, it's like some will reach out, some will add a comment, some will find an email address and send you, you know, hey, thanks for doing this. Social media has made that a little bit more interesting because if you post the podcast, out to social media you'll get folks commenting about you know this was really helpful and thanks so that that's really cool but you really don't understand that you've touched someone's life until you've seen that person in person and they really are so thankful for the knowledge that you're you're passing on through a podcast so it's um it's, it's Like I said, it, it was a little bit overwhelming for me at first. Not that I'm that introvert. I'm not an introvert at all, I'm an extrovert. And it, but it was just like, oh my gosh, these people really are listening. you know. So um, I try to keep that in mind when I'm doing the podcast so that I welcome to the show because it's, it's so easy to just kind of sit in a funnel and think that you're the only person out there doing this or, or talking at the time or whatever. So.
1: Well, podcasting is a very lonely activity because it's it's you coming up with the, the questions and you know when you interview somebody and you're talking with your guest it's more conversational but then everything after that is all you sitting in front of a computer and so so it can get kind of lonely in that in that sense um, so I have found interacting with your listeners and getting feedback and having conversations to be really inspiring and motivating because it's like okay I'm not just doing this for me I'm also doing this for them because they're counting on me. They they are tuning into these episodes and it's helping them and so I need to you know, I, I owe it to them to continue to to try and do my best and and put out episodes that I'm proud of that I know are also gonna help them as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. This one that I just finished with a a friend of mine by the name of Joe McGurl. It was funny, he was talking about his new gadget that he created and, and I'm sitting in the back of my head, I'm going, There's people sitting here listening to this going, Tell me where I can buy it you know it's a well, Joe, for everybody who's out there screaming at the podcast right now, please tell them where they could buy this. <laughs> you know, it was just, so it was kind of like trying to incorporate them a little bit more into uh, the conversation.
1: So when it comes to interacting with people that listen to your podcast, whether it was when you first started it and people were like running up to you and like, you know, wanting your autograph or, you know, all the way to the present day, uh, have there been any particular interactions or moments that have really stuck with you or resonated with you?
0: my business partner and I uh, were throwing a, a workshop out in Taos. Um, and it actually was his workshop. And um, it was the first day of the workshop, I was in helping his wife get some stuff ready in the house for lunch, basically. So the, it started around nine o'clock. Um, and then I guess about 930, I walked into the to the my friend's studio where all the participants were sitting and he was basically starting the workshop was basically in the middle of talking and I kind of like walked in and the next thing I know they all got up and ran over to me (laughs) and and I was like standing against the wall and they're all circled one, this is the best thing and you know telling me about the what they loved about the podcast and all this and I'm my eyes were like bludging and you're bugging bugging out and and um, I'm looking at Kevin going, I'm sorry, because you know, <laughs> they were there <laughs> for Kevin. They weren't there for me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he's like. And he was just as surprised as I was. And um, it, it was really kind of interesting because I had invited him to be like the, a co-anchor on the podcast. But he decided that that wasn't his thing to do, which was perfectly fine. Um, that was more my thing to do. I guess I kind of always wanted to be a DJ. So <laughs> it was kind of something that that interested me. Um, but it was really interesting to see that reaction. I mean, there were 15 people in the room that were there to learn from Kevin. And the next thing I know, I'm pinned against the wall and they're all encircling me and, and asking me questions about, you know, who's going to be the next guest and what are you going to talk about? And, and, you know, I want you to talk about this and how about doing this? And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you know? So that was like the first actual moment where I actually felt like I was reaching someone um, with the podcast. And then um, I guess the only other time has been at different um, workshops and and things. The second time was I actually, probably something strange at this time, because we're talking 2012, there was a huge convention out in San Diego of artists called Weekend with the Masters. And I decided uh, through talking with the people that put that on that we would go live for two hours um, at that conference and pull in the artists who were there and talk to them live. Um, so that was probably the second time, because as I'm running around trying to get artists to come into the room to talk to me from like two to four, let's just say, um, people would be stopping me along the way. And it's like, Oh, can, you know, can I come in and sit down and, and listen while you're live? And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, it would have been great, but then they would have been shouting questions, and it would have gotten a little strange. But that was the other time where it was just like, wow, this is a this is a big thing. This can really influence people and and their their journey, their creative journey. So
1: that that I'm sure that that would be quite a memorable experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, in a good way. It was it's a good thing, it's nice to know that they they all were listening. So
1: definitely. So tell me a little bit about the evolution of your podcast. Because when you started it, you know, back in 2012, it was very specific about, you know, talking about art and painting techniques and interviewing artists to kind of pick their brains. But then over time, it's kind of evolved into something that uh, covers a couple other things. So maybe talk about that that process for you, like figuring out, okay, this is what I want to shift into, or this is a slightly different thing that I want to kind of start to talk about and, and what that process was like for you? Because I know a lot of people will start a podcast with like one intention and then a year, or two years later, they're like, I want to try something new, but aren't really sure how to go about doing that or rebranding their podcasting and calling it something different. So maybe just share your experience doing that.
0: So when I started out, it was actually called Ammo Art, Tra- Art Talk. Um, and Ammo Art Talk had two additional artists with me. Um, then it became very clear that we were like tripping over each other and talking over each other. So we would have like four people on the on the podcast, the guest and then three of us. So um, the other two artists, I kind of talked to them and it was starting to become too much for all of us to try and find a time to, to do, actually do the podcast. So then I kind of went off on my own and started calling it Art Chat. And that's when um, I was responsible for going out and getting the guests and figuring out the questions we were going to ask and what part of process that we were going to talk to and or talk about and then um as time went on and as I was going through a course that I was uh, taking at the time as part as as part of artist mentors online, we were encouraged to. Uh, think out of the box and do other things. And that's when I found or refound, I guess you could say, my joy of writing and became an author at that point. And there was a fantasy series that I was working on at that time. And so I was kind of illustrating the fantasy series as or the fantasy book, as well as painting. And um, at that time, my skill level wasn't where I needed it to be to actually illustrate that book. So at that point, I went back into my mystery novels and started writing mystery novels. And I started thinking how close the creative process was, whether you were writing or whether you were painting. So then I started looking around at some of the artists and everybody that I had been talking to and found out that painting wasn't their only creative pursuit. Um, Some of them wrote, some of them were musicians, some of them, you know, did other strangely creative things (laughs) that didn't really fall into a a major genre, if you will. Um, but they, they actually do something else besides painting and a lot of them feel, and as do I, is that also helps them with their actual painting. So they're making money as an artist and painting, but they're also creating CDs of music or writing mystery or, um, fantasy novels. So, it helps with their creativity. So, I guess about three years ago, I decided that I would start calling the program All Things Creative Chat" or just All Things Creative. And basically, when, as with anything, whenever you, I guess this is kind of a, a watch out, whenever you change the course that you've been on, you basically put at risk losing people who are following you for that specific endeavor that you have going on that that specific creative uh, journey. So it's been kind of an experiment over the last two or three years of losing people who don't want to get uncomfortable by going outside their box, and people who are interested in trying to go outside their box, but maybe haven't done it yet. Um, So it's, it's, You know, I lost a lot of listeners is basically how it it comes down to But I'm starting to build up people who want to understand um, that creative process. So now where I am in this journey is basically saying, okay, I need to pull back some of those artists who just want to listen to artists. And I also have to balance it with the people who want to listen about creating outside of the painting journey and going outside their box and you know listening to musicians talk about their creative process and just start um, pulling those two worlds together so that's where I am right now uh, with all things creative. our chat is is basically saying we're talking about the creative process, we're talking about the creative journey, we're talking about being a creative entrepreneur, not so much like you know I'm not interested in talking about marketing. there's enough of that stuff out there. I'm more interested in still the process and still the techniques used to help us become better creatives. And that's kind of where the focus of all things creative is right now. If I see somebody out there who is not a painter, but is wonderfully creative in some other endeavor, I guarantee you I'll probably be asking them to be on the show. So.
1: So I think that that's actually quite courageous, what you did, knowing (laughs) that, knowing that, you know, I'm going to lose some people and, and, and I'm okay with that because, because as a podcaster, you know, just like in life in general, you're always growing. You're always changing. Your interests are shifting, and you know you you pick up new hobbies and you get new interests. And so you kind of want your podcast to reflect the things that you're currently passionate about. But it, but it is easy to kind of feel trapped into. Well, this is what I've been doing, and so everyone expects this. So I'm like a slave to this podcast now. And and the fear of well, maybe I might not have as many listeners can actually stop you from making the show that you want to make.
0: Exactly. It, it's really kind of interesting because I had a number of people who I disappointed, and I understand that, and, But and they were always the first ones to come up and say, I don't understand why you moved away from what you were doing. And I looked at them and I said, because I got tired of asking the same ten questions. I mean, it was constantly, so tell us about your technique. Oh, well, that's interesting. How did you do this? <laughs> and I'm like, so they're going... In the background, sleeping, you know, and it became very robotic. And, and I thought, how many – it can't be just that I'm tired of asking the same questions because the answers aren't that variable, okay? I mean, everybody has a specific technique, but if you boil that technique down to you did just the basics, we're all following that same basic technique. And it just got – to me, it got very tiresome and boring, to hear to be asking the same questions and to be hearing the same answers and um it, it was really surprising to me that I guess the majority of the artists or listeners were okay with hearing the same thing all the time and I was like well they can just listen to the old ones because I have to move on so but it was yeah so I, I mean I know I disappointed some folks by moving away from it but at the same token I also am starting to see um more of a dedicated audience that wants to listen to different creative processes, um, whether that be art, music, writing, um, or anything, you know, so it's all good.
1: (laughs) Well, and I imagine that that having that mindset that first and foremost, the podcast is is for you and you want to be excited about it and you want to be passionate about the people you're talking to and the things that you're learning, I imagine that has really helped just with maintaining the longevity of the podcast because six and a half years is a long time to be doing something, you know, right. to have a project that's ongoing. And so I imagine it having that mindset of, you know, I'm going to do what I love to do. And if that changes and some people don't want to stick around, that's okay with me because first and foremost, I have to love doing it or else it's not really worth doing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, and it's, it was kind of, it was interesting because I saw, um, that you had my website up earlier. And it was interesting because I sat there and I looked at that. And as I told you, I accidentally blew away the majority of my website one day. And I was just like, okay, well, we're just going to stick this out here. But anyway, you know, in doing that and revisiting that, I kind of sat there and looked at it and said, you know, I have this website that says I'm an author and I have this website that says I'm an artist. And it's like, that's not who I am. I'm not this split personality. I'm this person that is whole. And this is my whole. I write and I'm an artist. So, you know I can't be the only one, and I know I'm not because I interviewed somebody else who is exactly like me in that he's an artist and a writer and it was uh, and I interviewed him on his writing, and it was really kind of like this validation that um yeah, you know we do exist out there, and I can tell you there are a number of artists who are musicians as well as artists, so you know talking with them about their musician you know their musical journey to me is just as interesting as listening to the artistic journey because of the similarities and the differences and yet uh it I guess I'm more surprised that people put up a barrier and won't let themselves explore that it's kind of interesting to me that they do that but um at the same token you know it may just come down to time they just don't have time to try and do something else besides painting or and I totally get that too so yeah so it's I, I you know I had somebody say something to me one time about doing this for six and a half years and, and the fact that I had lost um, so many listeners and, and I was actually thinking about abandoning it and just, I said, you know, because this is some time that I could spend doing some other things. And he uh, said, you know, well, I guess let's look at it this way. If you walked into a room and three to 500 people were sitting there, you know, would you be disappointed? You know, 300, 300 to 500 people sitting in a room waiting for you to come out and talk to them. Would you be disappointed? And I said no. He goes, so why are you disappointed now? And I was like, oh that's a good thought. <laughs> I should remember that because not a lot of people have that many people interested in what they're doing. So, And, and even though that number was a little bit higher before um, it was just a matter of people finding there's so many podcasts out there. It's just a matter of people finding you and So I didn't abandon it. And I'm starting to see those numbers climb back up. So.
1: That's great. No, I'm I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that it's paying off in the long run. So something I wanted to ask you about, which is kind of tangentially, or partially related to podcasting and that podcasting is a creative outlet, is you made this pretty big life shift not too long ago where you left a, a corporate career to pursue, uh, your dream is, is kind of how you describe it on your, on your what's left of your website, right? Um, <laughs> my <so> new website. <laughs> your, your new website. So, and the reason I want to talk to you about this or ask you about that experience is because I know a lot of people that start a podcast, it's kind of like, you know, th- this spark of possibility, right? That, you know, I'm not really happy with what I'm doing during the day. Like, I don't like my job, but I don't really have something else I could do instead. But maybe if I start this podcast, that can ignite something that could potentially lead to me being more fulfilled with the work that I do. So tell me a little bit about that process and that journey and what you did in the meantime between when you decided you wanted to pursue uh, being a creative and making your living from that and shifting away from what you were doing at your your previous job.
0: So... My previous job was kind of interesting when I started there. I started when I was eighteen years old. I did not go to college. I went directly uh from high school to working for this uh, major fortune five hundred company um and i there's one thing that you never do to a riesenberg and and at that time its i was ma- not married so i was I was just a riesenberg um you don't dare them okay so <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the the h r meeting with the HR guy and um, he says, well, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, oh, you know, managing projects. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Oh, I see myself doing the same job. I'm rolling out toilet paper and testing it. (laughs) No, but I said, you know, I see myself managing projects and um, managing people. And he just flat out looked at me dead serious, right in the eye and said, that'll never happen. And I just kind of sat there and I said, oh, yeah, it will. I kind of like said it back to him like that. He goes, no, it'll never happen. I said, oh, yeah, it will. You know, it's like, dare. Got one's been thrown down. This is going to (laughs) happen. So um, all the way through the career, I kept hearing things like, well, if you go back to college, you know, we'll we'll be happy to to promote you to management. And I kept looking at him and saying, if I go back to college, it's going to be out at the University of Southern California. It'll be for film. It will not be for engineering. So, you know, that isn't happening. If you're, I'm going to go to college, put all that money into it, it's going to be for something I want to do, not for something you want me to do. There's always been some, a little bit of maybe contention there.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Because, I mean, I was a, I was a very good performer, um, you know, ranked high, all this. I sought after if I ever was looking for a job, I could say, you know, okay, I want to move on to a different uh, position within this Fortune 500 company. And I'd have a number of managers who would be going, come over and talk to me. You know, so. Well respected, everything was going really, really well, um, and then I, about twenty-three years into my career, um, one of the section heads went out on a limb for me and said, "We have to promote her. She's doing the work of someone that's you know basically a step below a section head." So I was doing the work as a technician of a manager, and he said, "You know we have, we have to promote her." So they promoted me. Um, I ended up with back surgery and disability, uh, out on disability, This like really quickly, and came back from that. And and it was really strange. It's like in that six-week process, the culture of the company somewhat changed. And I'm not exactly – maybe I was so into it at that time that uh, I didn't notice it or managed it better or something. But in the six weeks that I was – you know, rehabilitating from back surgery, I was also being more creative. So I would be sketching in a sketchbook, or I'd be writing on um, a book, a novel, future novel or something. So then I had to go from that perspective back into to working full time. And it just didn't click. (laughs) I guess it'd be the easiest way of saying it. So um, came home and, and had a conversation with my husband at the time. And it was very stressful. I mean, you know, if I got three hours of sleep at night, it was a good thing. Um, most of the time I didn't get that. So it was very, very stressful. Things had changed. It was, um, not, you you know, it wasn't being treated very well, you know, that kind of thing. And I I don't want to sound like woe is me because it wasn't a woe is me moment. It was one of these things was like, what do we need to do for me to change to this more creative life? And, um, my I had a very understanding husband who basically helped walk through that. I mean, one of the first thing he said is, "I had a I had a luxury car. I'll never forget it. It was a British Racing Green giro, uh, Jaguar. It was a gorgeous car. I loved oh, man. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, and when you're working for corporate America, <laughs> you can afford things like that. But um, I, he first thing he said to me, he wanted to see how serious I was about this. He says, "Well, if we do this, you know, you're going to have to get rid of the car." And I said, "Well, let's get rid of it on Saturday." And that's how. Dedicated, I became to it. It was that's a material thing. I didn't need it, you know. I needed something that got me from point A to point B. We'll get rid of the car payment, so we we did and um, made some other changes that allowed me basically to to give my notice and start on this creative journey. Um, and then about two years after that, uh, met up with uh, Kevin McPherson, a master artist, and we started the Artist Mentors Online, and um, that started the podcast. Uh, and then everything's been a lot of fun ever since. I mean, it's been very creative. It's, you know, living in that creative energy. Uh, so it's writing and painting. And then I also now teach uh, art. So um, trying to start up an online teaching curriculum as well. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's been a, a much better journey than I think standing and making baby diapers and, and toilet tissue. <laughs> so.
1: Well, and and that that story really resonates with me, too, because, like, you know, I'm working in podcasting now, which is a very creative field, Um, but, you know, when I started that journey, I was still in my career as an engineer, but just restless with, you know, is this really what I want to do for the next 35 years of my life, Um, is coming to this job and doing these things, and, you know, is this really what's going to fulfill me and make me excited about waking up in the morning? Or is it this other thing that maybe there's not a path to any kind of income right now, but I know I need to do something with this. And then just by taking that first step, like having the courage to take that first step and put yourself out there and and for you even like adjusting your your standard of living to allow you to make that leap to be like, all right, I'm going to be okay not driving a Jaguar. And, you know, maybe instead of going to a steakhouse for dinner, we'll go to Steak and Shake and get some French fries. Like, you know, doing what you need to do and 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 not worrying about what other people might think of you or your decisions but really just being honest with yourself about this is what I have to do for me to be uh fulfilled by the work that I do. And so I I think that that's a great example um and it's a great story. Now tell me a little bit about uh how you balance your podcast with the other things that you do. Because you also have a YouTube channel, you're also working on these other projects and writing and, you know, a lot of a lot of plates spinning at the same time. So how do you manage your time so that you're able to give each each of your creative projects the the investment that you want to put into it to make it successful?
0: Well the one thing about being creative is if you don't do something creative during that day, you don't feel like you lived. <laughs> okay, so it's it's very frustrating thing if you don't Um, at least do one creative thing during that day. So if my one creative thing is on typically on a Thursday um, to do a podcast, that's the creative thing for that. Because along with that, I still have other responsibilities in the household that have to happen. And, um, you know, it's very important. A a lot of creatives will um, neglect their health Um, so, you know, it, it, like you said, it is a balancing act. So there's one thing that has to happen every day and that's, you know, putting food on the table and, um, running the household and, and working out, although I've been kind of bad at that lately. So I need to get back into that, but, um, that there, there's gotta be a set amount of time and I think it all comes down to planning and scheduling. So if I can get a couple hours in creating, whether that be painting or writing, Uh, Sometimes maybe that's doing marketing. Um, Maybe that's putting all of my scheduled posts out there so that I can have more time to write. It basically comes down to scheduling. There's so many hours for this and there's a couple hours a day for creating and there's, you know, and I, would I like that creative block to be bigger? And the answer is yes. And there are days when it's more than two hours, you know, it's a four or six hour day, either painting or writing or, or whatever, or there's, some day where there's nothing happens, um, that way. So then I try to just say, okay, well, I haven't spent my two hours a day being creative. So now I need to spend a six hours a day. And I just try to get everything done ahead of time so that I can dedicate that time to being creative. So yeah, balancing act in that things change, um, today to day, uh, you know, schedules aren't very, um, I don't know. They're not set in stone, uh, like they are when you, I guess the biggest difference is when you work at a corporate in- environment, you know they're paying you for at least eight hours if not expecting you to work for 10 to 12. Um, and, and when you're working for yourself, it's so very easy to have other things creep in that are important. But you have to look at it kind of like the same way you would look at it when you're working under a corporate environment in that you have that eight hours and there are priorities that you have to put onto things so that you can turn around and get work done on specific projects or milestones or whatever. So as long as you have your plan, as long as you, you know, realize that some things are going to change, there's going to be some emergencies that come up, et cetera, but you still have to make sure that you put those effort hours in to getting things done. It's no different in a creative world as it is in the, in the uh, corporate world. You still have to put those milestones out there. You still have to put those hours effort hours into getting it done and created and then sold.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does it definitely takes a lot of self discipline working for yourself. Because you can you can clock in and clock out whenever you want. Um which But means the work so, doesn't get done. Right. <laughs> it's like you can't rely on somebody else to do it. It's gotta be you eventually. So so you definitely have to be a self starter to be successful in that. Um for sure, now, tell me a little bit about your goals for the podcast because I know when you first started, uh, you talked about how you know you just wanted to kind of put this information out there and, and see if people find found it helpful you know the art techniques and things like that. but like what are your current goals? What are some of the things that you're currently uh, hoping to 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 do with your podcast?
0: Well, I definitely would like to get the number of listeners up um, again back to where we we sort of were, but uh that is definitely one of the goals to basically reach out and and get more people listening to all things creative and um then another goal is to find more guests be have more variety of guests because my ties are or definitely my connections are definitely more in the artistic world not as many or as big in uh, other places i have a few folks that I, I go to that are my go-to guests basically in the writing and music world, but um, need to find some other folks in that world so that we get a raw, a, a much broader view of the creative process instead of, you know, a, a smaller view. So um, continuing to do that. It's um, always trying to, to think of different things that would be interesting uh, f- for folks out there in the creative world to listen to. So um have a have a list of people that I want to try to contact and see if they'll say yes, and what's the worst thing they can do? They could say no um which is fine that that's their prerogative to do that um but that's the worst thing that could happen is they say no and I'm out there still looking for other other guests so um yeah, so that's basically it i mean I just it's kind of when I look at my my to do list um the podcasting part is so much a part of what i do now that it's just kind of it's kind of like that monday morning meeting that you go into every every week and you go okay so what am i going to do this week um you know well i got a podcast on thursday so i need to get this person's information and i need to figure out what we're going to what track we're going to go on and, and stuff like that so i mean that probably takes you know 20 30 minutes getting the the logistics done um doing the talk has always been interesting and fun and, and always learned from it. So it's not something that's going to go away because it's, it's, I think it's very um, vital to my creative journey and expanding that. And hopefully it is for others as well. So just basically, I want to stay on the track. I want to stay committed to the track that I'm doing, which is looking outside of just um, the artistic world of the painting world and pulling in people, Um, To talk about other things. I had a a movie producer on the other day, actually a couple months ago. and, And that to me was just a fascinating conversation. Because I never knew that movie producing. That's where it is. I mean, as far as they're controlling the budget, they're controlling the scenes that are being shot. I always thought it was the director. So that was like a huge learning for me. And it's just – and then we started talking about how they make decisions in the creative process and how artists make decisions in the creative process. And it was fascinating to him to hear an artistic point of view, and it was fascinating to me to hear you know, the, the, the budget-producing point of view, if well, you Linda, will, of, of the creative process. So um, <laughs> things like that are, are what I'm interested in, and that's well, what good I'm luck, probably going to start with taking that, the podcast sure. to. Uh,
1: well, it's been great having you on. I really appreciate you, especially just sharing – um the The stories about you know obstacles that you overcame and and things that happened in the process of your you know the last several years of podcasting and how you 've grown and and so I really just appreciate you uh being willing to come on and share those things. I love to end uh our conversations here with a with a final fun question and you can you can take this however you want to all right <laughs> okay so imagine that you had a time machine. That could go back in time to the day before you launched your first episode, and you had the opportunity to give yourself one piece of advice. What would you tell yourself
0: i don't know, I guess I didn't think that it would last six and a half years, so I guess maybe um, I would just tell myself you know not to be so uptight about those early days and wanting to stress over whether or not it was a good podcast or not um I think. With the experience of, of having all those years behind me, um, I can't control my audience, so, but I can control my journey. So just kind of stay more focused on uh, what my journey is because I'm not the only one on that journey. There's people out there that are on the same journey, and it'll just take them a while to, to find that little detour to find me. And what I'm talking about, I guess is the advice I would do, so just stick with it and and don't get too upset about the numbers games or or um, trying to please people that you may or may not ever see. you know just stay true to yourself.
1: If you are a painter, artist, or writer looking to hone your craft and learn from accomplished creatives then make sure to check out all things creative at Linda's website, patreon.com forward slash Fissler and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be on the next episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well that's definitely a possibility. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to submit your application. And if today's episode really resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. Just leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought and that will also help other people that stumble onto Buzzcast decide that this is something that is worth investing in listening to and so that would be a big help to us as well that is it for today thanks for listening and as always keep podcasting